tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In Guitar Lesson 35, we address a question given to us on our Facebook account about how you can increase the speed and fluidity of your playing. Dan first draws out some ideas which can increase the interest in your rhythm playing, including fills and flourishes. We then do some improvising over a jazz fusion track, looking at how you can improve the fluidity and form of your licks and phrases, and polish what you're already good at. Awesome, Dan. The way you're moving up and down the fretboard and everything like that, you know, it's so confident. You're hitting every note and there's tapping and all the different techniques and everything like that. Any ideas on how you can possibly build up such good fretboard fluidity? No, I haven't got a clue. Must have been my doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like speed and like knowing the fretboard is so important, knowing all the different intervals, the different notes and everything like that, making sure that you're not hitting the wrong notes, although I suppose in some ways there's you know, no such thing as a wrong note if you can bend or slide or whatever but you know being confident and hitting the right things when you're shredding that's right we're having a bit of fun to be honest with you with the shred because it it harks back to a a message that came through our facebook account yesterday which was quite interesting it was from our our good friend carlos who we've spoken to on a few occasions now and he was referring to to speed and fluidity now, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to have a little rip at the beginning <laughs> just to see what happens. But speed and fluidity, it's something that I get asked about as a guitar teacher an awful lot. And I remember, you know, when I was starting out and trying to get things together and still here we are at 45 years old trying to get things together <laughs> and getting things more smooth, more fluid, more so it trips off your fingers like you meant that to happen rather yeah. than the odd happy accident. It's a big deal, and it's not just about the shredding. It's it's for blues licks, country licks, for clean passages like clean solos and, and chord work. It's a big deal to get that kind of professional sheen. Yeah. I used to work for a guy. I don't know if he's listening. He's probably not. His name was Mark Landon, and I used to do some session work for him. Right, okay. He was based in Hove. And uh, used to do quite a lot of session work and the odd gig for him and that sort of thing when he was recording his original material. And his manager could also play guitar, guy who was sort of managing him and the band. But he used to say to me, you know, what Dell, the manager, could do on, on an instrument, you know, he would take like half a day or a day to do it. And he said, you'll come in and you'll rip through it in an hour and a half and you're gone. 
Yeah. Pay me money. Thank you very much. I'm off for a cup of coffee. See you later. And sometimes it's it's that hit the ground running aspect. Playing the guitar where you just you pick the thing up and it's instant. Yep. Much as you are better once you've got into the swing of it, much you are better when you've played a few exercises or whatever or played a few numbers if you're with a live band. It's that ability to still deliver the wow factor right off the bat. Yeah. And not just the wow factor, but that sort of I'm not necessarily thinking about it. It's it's an involuntary response. This chord changing or picking the scales and yeah. soloing. Do you see where I'm coming from? Sorry, I've witted on there. No, that's I? cool. Reminds me of something I can't remember who who it was who said it, but he said you've got to learn everything, learn all the techniques, learn all the scales, and then you've got to forget it, and then you've got to pick up the guitar again and start playing. You know that kind of naturalness mm. that you're looking for. It's difficult because I mean you you always have those gigs, those moments, the odd solo where you just like yeah nailed that. That was yeah. cool. But when you're starting out, sometimes it seems it's a case of it needs to be on on the right day with the wind in the right direction when I'm wearing the right coloured socks and I've got out the right side of bed and I've got just the perfect tone on my guitar, (laughs) then I can play that solo. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's there's too many ifs and buts as to whether you can actually pull this damn thing off in the first place. Yeah. Whereas when you nailed some of these things, you can always do it. It's just sometimes it's a better win. You've played it better one time maybe than a whole bunch of other times where you've done a lick that you, you know, you're thinking, oh, yeah, oh, that was quite nice, you know. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about fluidity. Is this something you find difficult? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I would say that, you know, it's something you're kind of always working at. I've put a lot of effort into learning the notes on the fretboard. Mm -hmm. I, I recommend to Carlos and anyone out there as well early on. Well, there's a few things that um, listening to a lot of other musicians on other podcasts and stuff that I definitely recommend early on. You know, some ear training, maybe singing, trying to sing solos before you play them, mm-hmm. which you've talked about to me before as well. But also, you know, getting some programs or apps or something and learning the fretboard, make, testing yourself and learning it is got to be advantageous it definitely helps i mean guitar is a journey you sent me that little thing on facebook yesterday and it was about this kind of four distinct stages of learning the guitar and it was absolutely fascinating how it goes from you're kind of incompetent but you're learning and so i've said this to people myself when you're starting out if you learn one chord and then a mate teaches you another chord we you know double what you knew yesterday don't you yeah and it's a good feeling. The learning curve is quite exciting when you first play. But then when you start to look at other players, you realise how far you've got to go. Yeah. You know. You and start to realise how much there is to learn, don't you? And That's right. Yeah, and and That carries on. <laughs> and they, they were saying in this little thing where this article were, that's often the point where some people kind of give up is where they're just getting stuff under their fingers, but they just feel like it's too much of a mountain to climb. And actually, it's just the point that you should keep going. Yeah. So let's look at our, our subject that we've got. Maybe let's divide it up. How do you feel about that? Sounds good to me, yeah. So much as I shredded at the beginning, and I really hope that people who hate shredding, it hasn't alienated them. They're like, I hate this guitar playing. I'm listening to a different podcast. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping it hasn't done that to them. 
Because yeah. it was just meant as a bit of fun at the beginning, you know, when we're doing something on fluidity and speed. But I don't want you to think that I'm here to turn you or anyone else out there into, you know, the next Angelo Bassio or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah, because speed isn't always everything, is it? No. Fluidity to me, I mean, speed is one aspect of it, but fluidity to me is like, a, it's a confidence thing maybe and a, and a knowledge of the fretboard. Knowledge of the fretboard definitely helps. It takes the edge off it and it means that you don't get lost, but it doesn't guarantee that you're going to play great notes. No, that's and it true, doesn't yeah. guarantee you're going to play great phrases. It means that nothing you play should sound terrible if you're in key. So there's mm. hope there. Mm. But at the same time, learning great phrases and things like that, that's that's the work of a lifetime, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, so the lick library, so to speak. Do you think any that. great guitar player out there has ever been sitting on his deathbed thinking, well, cough. Nailed that. <laughs> Done it. Yeah, I'm not telling anyone else either. They'll have to go on the same journey. At the end of the day, guitar, like anything that you really get into, is an endless cavalcade of learning. And yeah. that's kind of the great thing about it. That's why my guitar teacher in my teens said it's the best toy he ever bought. Because it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's, it's the thing that never completely and utterly gets to the point yeah. where, where, where you go, yeah, I've nailed it, I know everything. You just can't possibly. Yeah. It's just not possible. So are we going to get a few uh, licks today then? No. no. Yeah, of course oh. you are. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sorry, wind up mode. <laughs> Been teaching all day. So what I want to nice do one. first is maybe let's look at some chords. Yeah. So I want to look at fluidity when we're maybe playing a rhythm part. Yeah, okay. So we've yeah. talked about rhythm a lot lately. We did the Eddie Van Halen rhythm one, which is coming out soon. But I think it's valid. It feels like the tip of the iceberg to me uh, as well. Rhythm's yeah, I, I think this one's going to, you know, this is going to run and run. Yeah. So let's get some chords. I want chords you're happy with. Yeah. So I want you to give me some chords, maybe not necessarily adult chords as we call them. Yeah. But maybe some bar chords. Give me maybe four chords that you're happy to play. And I want you to arrange them in some kind of rhythm. And we're going to dissect your fluidity of changing uh, okay. between them. Okay, here we go. So we're going to have four chords. Okay, now, how did you feel about that? So you've got A... Which is bar chord on the fifth? Yeah, up F to sharp the, minor. Yeah, bar chorded on the ninth, the A yeah. minor shape. B minor on the seventh fret. Yeah, and D a bar chord on the fifth. Yeah, a little bit twee actually. <laughs> a little bit twee sounding. A little bit twee, but let's park that one for the moment. Yeah, and think of like how confident you were playing through the rhythm. Because I'll, I'll put you on the spot. And I did that on purpose. Yeah, okay. Because, you know, if you played something that you played a million times before, well, that's no test, is it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, so how did you feel in terms of your confidence levels? Uh, say someone gave you a chord sheet and said, right, you're going to be performing this just in a couple of minutes. It's really easy. It's four chords. Here they are. And the band's counting you in one, two, three, four. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it was difficult to sort of pluck a rhythm out of nowhere, I guess. Okay. So that's... That's the first kind of point. 
So I just went with this kind of dang, 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 and then I thought I wanted to make it a little bit more complicated than that. So I added the ding, 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 ding. Okay. Ding, ding. So, but it's still quite a simplistic kind of rhythm, really. Okay. So I would have liked it for it to have had something a bit more stand out. What would you say was the most awkward thing about it from the point of view of keeping it fluid and up up to the right tempo? Probably the 16th note. Right. Yeah. I thought so too. Now it sounded a bit clunky. It sort of messed up your rhythm a little bit. So here's here's the first tip. As you know, I love motorcycles. Yep. And I love my motorcycle analogies. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here's one for you. I used to read bike mags a lot because I really wanted to get better at cornering. It's the, it's the one thing that's just awesome on a motorcycle. And I read this little article once, and this guy was talking about an instructor he knew. And he said, when you go down to corner, he was South African, you see. So yeah. Apologies for anyone listening to South Africa, but I want to put on a South African voice. <laughs> It's only two, don't worry. <laughs> but when it came to corners, this guy said, you know, when you go into a corner, you go, in like a kitten, out like a lion. So what Love he meant was when yeah. you go into a corner, you don't go mental. Yeah. You know, you need to gauge what you're doing. Once you've gauged that and you can see the exit, that's when you wind it on and go for it. Now, let's use this in guitar playing terms because there's a lot of truth about it, especially when you're picking up something for the first time. Yep. And it's often where people, particularly young players, cock up, is that they try and make stuff more complex than it needs to be. Yeah. And in so doing, it's almost like they would rather play a complicated mess than something simple but really well played. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, I get this a lot when I'm taking GCSE students through some of their exam pieces. Yeah, you can imagine. You know, because, you know, some of them, they just bite off more than they can chew. Or sometimes you even, you know, you suggest a song, you write it out for them, and you realize you've given them too much. And that yeah. actually, they need yeah. to simplify yeah. things, and you need to go, well, actually, I think maybe I overestimated like the capabilities here, and yeah. I need to peel it back. But when it comes to it, when you're trying to gauge a song, especially when playing with others, and Carlos was particularly talking, wasn't he, about jam sessions and open mics. That's it, yeah. Going easy, rolling your volume back a little bit, and sitting in the background yeah, yeah, is no a, shame. It's a good thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because it gives you space. Because also, what's the point in you listening to you? You know the chords that you've got to play. Yeah. You need to listen to others. Yep. How, you know, where are these chords changing? How are they placed? What's the groove? Yeah. You know, what's happening elsewhere? Now, when you know those things, you can choose to wind it up a little bit and, and crank up the volume and be more present in the mix. But it's that in mm. like a kitten bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you see where Just I'm play coming with from? It a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so if you're. So that's your little rhythm. Now, if you're supporting a band, there's no harm even if you want to listen. Someone's letting a chord ring. And then it gives you the the space to really listen to what's going on. And your confidence levels can then build. So maybe next time round, you can add a bit more... 
little bit more volume, maybe a little bit more of a rhythmic. But once you've got it, then you can yeah, open yeah, it yeah. up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? So what oh. we're not talking about here is when you've poured over a song for months. You've rehearsed it with a band for goodness knows how long. What we're talking about here really is, is when you're given something on the spur of the moment and you need to create something from it. Yeah. By getting the measure and allowing yourself to gradually pick up the groove, you will get more confident. And you will become more fluid in it because you're hearing what other people are doing yeah. as well. Yeah. And you're being able to pick up what's going on and follow it and respond. So also, if you're cranked up with your guitar in your ear roll, can you really hear where there's dynamics? Can yeah. you hear where a song's getting louder or quieter? It's less yes. of an issue yeah. when you know it. When you're in a band and you play that song a million times, you know that the pre-chorus, it drops down a bit. The chorus gives it everything. The verse is quite quiet. When you know those things, you know, you could yeah. choose to take a few more liberties. It was interesting because at the weekend I was playing with a friend of mine and uh, he normally plays acoustic and we normally jam acoustic. And, and when you play an acoustic, there there is a dynamic thing, but it's slightly less, I think, because of the sustain on the notes and all that kind of thing. It's, it's a slightly different beast. And uh, so he was playing an acoustic, not really used to it, and playing it just the whole way through, very, yeah. very little dynamics. All on 10, yeah. Yeah, I think it was all along Watchtower type thing. And I just sort of stopped him and said, oh, for the verse, you know, peel it right back, either turn the volume down or play it quietly. Yeah. And it just sounded like 20 times better the, the next time we kicked in. Well, even... So much, so much truth to it. Even with songs that are quite full on... Yeah. You know, they still have peaks and troughs. Yeah. You yeah. know, listen to a Metallica album. Yeah. And there are there. peaks and troughs. You know, you take a song like The Unforgiven, that's quite clever because they decided to flip things around instead of having a quiet, a kind of quiet verse and heavy chorus. Yeah. They did it the other way around. So the the verse was quite heavy and the chorus was quite light. And, and with something like that, there's lots of dynamics all over the place. Yeah. You know, you, you find it in all kinds of things. You know, you you listen to it even like a thrash album, like like the, the awesome Megadeth Rust in Peace album. And there's still yes, dynamics all over there. You know, dynamics everywhere. I mean another one is the Countdown to Extinction by, by Megadeth, although again it's a thrash album. Apart from the playing being amazing, it's still chock full of dynamics. Because in every form of music, we would tire of just full on. Yeah. And the the few bands that do there, I think I know if they're still going, there used to be a band called Napalm Death in the eighties, which are yeah, I, I found them a little bit on the un, unlistenable side, but if that's your thing, fair enough. Acid um, Rain and as well. They were a bit like that. Oh. <laughs> and they their songs were like one minute long, but yeah. they were full on. But can you imagine five minutes of that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah just yeah. no reprise, you know, you just nowhere to go. With most other music, you know, I can't really think of anything which doesn't have some kind of dynamic, even yeah. be it a, a, another instrument coming and out. So, in terms of what what helps us with the fluidity kind of thing, you talked about fretboard knowledge. 
So yeah. we have the knowledge of the chords. So let's take this one step further. What about if you're, add, you're adding a little, maybe licks and flourishes in between these chords? How does that pan out for you? Yeah, okay. So I've kind of avoided that in the going in like a kitten thing, I think. Right. Well, let, so let's like... say... Let's say now we've got a different scenario. Yeah. So we've looked at maybe if you're in a jam or you're playing a song which isn't familiar to you, peeling back the volume, allowing yourself to really hear what's going on. Because you've got to remember, for most of us, most of the time, if we're brutally honest, we're playing working man's clubs, bars, pubs. You know, we're often not mic'd up. Yeah. We often don't have the luxury of like amazing monitoring for anything but the vocals. Yeah, yeah. On the odd occasion we might get mic'd up. We're not gonna take a you know, we're not gonna take a massive, you know, sort of ten K system to do like, you know, the dog and duck down the high street or whole, you know, <laughs> complete with four sound men. It's not gonna happen, you know. Would you like it mic'd in stereo? I don't think it's not gonna happen, do you know what I mean? <laughs> So in in reality most of us are dealing with the plug-in and play method. Yeah. Really. And so we have to monitor ourselves in a big yeah. way. And often our guitar amps may be quite in our face. Yeah. You know, and so you're you're aiming for as good a stage balance as you can get in the hope that by the time it hits the audience, that that means that that balance is also quite nice. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and not completely off. So that's what we're sort of aiming for. And obviously kind of going out into the crowd and having a little listen doesn't hurt either. Yep. So let's look at a different scenario. We've looked at one scenario and this is, the, you know, that was the scenario when you're presented with something on the spur of the moment or you're picking up a song at a jam session. You know, you've gone up, you've done a couple of numbers. No other guitarist wants to stay up there. Another vocalist comes up to sing a song and says, do you know such and such? It's only four chords. Yeah, out before. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to make the best of it. Don't make a meal of it and make a mess of it. Just go in general. Yeah. Go in general. Gain your confidence, and as you do, your playing will become more fluid. Yeah, and allow yourself to gradually take a few risks with it, yeah. rather than taking the risks from the off. Okay, that way you won't look like a, such a spanner if it goes pear shaped. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Yeah, be somebody else's fault, not yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn yourself around. Right <laughs> That's <you>. right. <laughs> so let's look at say we got to add some licks. Yeah, okay. So we're going to join these bad boys up yeah. with a few other things. So we're going to go in maybe the same pace, but this is where sort a little of, bit of prep time. Yeah. Possibly so. So I'm, I'm going to play through scenario with a bit of prep time. Couple of my ideas. <laughs> Should I do something different or <laughs> yeah whatever you fancy what i'm looking for is is how fluid you are yeah. when you're moving from one thing to another if you want to slow it down that's fine but we're looking at speed and fluidity so we don't want to make it sort of too easy okay all right so it's like a snail's pace
So I missed a few notes there, but... permit me to comment <laughs> yeah it seems sometimes you're a little on edge with it yeah. yeah now all i'm trying to do here it's not a character assassination you know i'm it's... kind of getting i'm trying to look at the notes and think what am i go- yeah where am i going taking it slow basically i think okay it seems to be because i think a lot of people are probably suffering from these same problems yeah when they try and kind of add a little bit of complication to things yeah obviously if you've done something a few times that really helps yeah but yeah. let's let's look at maybe some of the remedies yeah for okay. the problem. yeah yeah it seems to be sometimes you're sort of holding on to chords maybe quite tightly like you're a little bit worried that you know if you let it yeah. go it's going to kind of go horribly wrong so we're getting some sort of kind of crunchiness down on the bottom yeah strings. okay is that fair? Or? Yeah, no, that's all fair, yeah. No. Yeah. So... Awesome. One thing with chords is really sort of knowing, like you said with your fretboard, yeah. knowing a few different options. Maybe, just maybe, the option that you had for your strumming, which works so well, maybe that works for what you're doing. But also it makes your licks quite spread out, which is yeah, fine yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. kind of like happy with that. But we're talking about also making things user-friendly. So you could move your A to the open position and literally put one finger across the D, G and B strings of the second yeah. fret. Don't worry about the top string. Which then puts your F sharp in much closer proximity. Yeah. You could then go for an open B minor down on the second. Yeah, I'm probably, ha- pro- probably a bit happier down there, actually. Which would then be close to that D. Yeah, okay. Now, you might find with the notes, which sort of around the A major and A major pentatonic. So, A major pentatonic, folks, from bottom E is fifth fret. Then second and fourth on the A, the D, and the G, and second and fifth on the top two. Yeah. You've got a lot of nice little licks if you wanted to add something to it right there. the second and fourth frets to add my little licks. Yeah, so then we've got this kind of... Oh, Mr. fluid using those ones there at the top using the two and the five it's a lot easier on the 
you yeah. Do, so stick with it. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm advocating here really is is if you want to make things fluid for yourself and you want to with, with speed will deal with this as a separate issue in a second yeah. I think. when you want to make things fluid and trip off the fingers there's a few nice little tricks yeah. so for example if you are playing F sharp minor pentatonic if you start on the second note of that first position, so not the second fret on the E, but the fifth, putting yeah. the A in the root, you get a perfect two-octave A major pentatonic scale. Oh, you've gone up a different way there. So I'm starting yeah. here. You, on, just on there. Now, the great thing about this is we've now got major and minor at our disposal very, very easily. Yep. So, if we're wanting to play something in a major key, but maybe we're just finding like the major scale is just a little bit too handsy at this stage. Oh, the, the one I was just doing, yeah. <laughs> so, your major... Too far. Oh, yeah, yeah, so okay. Yeah, yeah. Your major pentatonic offers you all of the fun of the fair. All of the nice, easy licks which you're going to find in a minor pentatonic, but they're going to work over a major progression. Yep. So that's kind of handy. In terms of adding to fluidity, you've probably, if you've been playing the guitar for the last, I don't know, three months, six months or more, your guitar teacher's probably shown you that scale, or you've found it on the internet or through friends. And you've probably used it for maybe a little bit of sort of harmless solo work and that sort of thing. Noodling folks. Noodling folks, yes. (laughs) You know, it's under the fingers of many guitarists already without even thinking about it. So why let that go to waste and overcomplicate it? And also I advocate shifting the chords to a position that works for you. So if you like that sound that we had there, using the minor pentatonic, Yeah using the open A chord, the F sharp minor at the second fret, B minor at the second fret, and open play, D. Play around there. Play around yeah. there. If you want things to sound really close together, now if you're doing like a picking pattern thing, Notice when you were first doing your little extras, yeah, sort of a little bit all over the place, yeah. You know these these ones up here. It's sort of in different places for different chords. Yeah, yeah. Now that may work for you, and you may find that you know great. Yeah. But if you want something that's fluid, you need to give your hands a chance. Keep it simple for the challenging times. I mean, 
guess. Well, you know, when it's no there. different from when you're playing fast licks and stuff. Yeah. You know, if you take any old scale you know with any old number of notes on any old string and then try and play it fast, you know what you're going to get, don't you? Yeah. Complete car <laughs> crash. You know, yeah. Bump fight the old oak tea rooms. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to sound awful. Yeah. Whereas if you organize your life a little bit and you get even numbers of notes and things on the strings, your picking hand has a hope in hell of actually being able to do something with that. Yeah. Because it's one get movement. The groove, yeah. One movement repeated. You know, when you've got like pentatonic, well, blues scales. Unless I'm going to use a load of hammer-ons and pull-offs like that, I'm not going to be able to pick every note. I'm not going to really be able to practice fast picking particularly easily with that, I don't think. Yeah. Whereas if I organise myself into three note per string groups of something that will work... get some speed yeah 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 because my picking hand has already learnt you know, symmetrical patterns yeah. yeah yeah so it's about organization you know people don't wake up one day and go i'm gonna play fast yeah and just take all of the scales that they ever learnt and suddenly play them at breakneck speed there requires usually a degree of organization yeah and also kind of going through things before time so you know what you're going to play. Yeah. You know, and if you are going to do a lick that's a little bit odd, you may have to put a hammer on or a pull-off in there or do something which kind of evens things up. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. You know, this stuff becomes more automatic over time. But here with the chords, I'm advocating basically the same plan. Why give yourself complicated picking patterns when you want yeah. something to be fast, continuous, and fluid? when you can keep everything on three strings. Yeah. So say I want my little pattern. All I've done there is like the F shape. Yeah, yeah. Move from the first fret up to the fifth to give me an A. So. So I've gone one, two, three, one, two, three, one, twos. Yeah, okay, gotcha. It's down, down, up, down, down, up, down, up. Down, down, up, down, down, up. Down, up at the end. Troy Grady type thing coming back. Yeah. That's it. That's good. I'll have to. Up on the end. Yeah. Always and up on the end, so you, so you can swing across the string there without yep. getting caught. Now, if you want to change that to an F sharp minor, it's really easy. Now, this harks back to your yeah. suggestion of knowing your fretboard. Yeah, and this is where I would say really knowing the fretboard, knowing the notes in the chords, knowing your fretboard as inside yep. out as you possibly can within reason for the stage you're at is a very good idea. We just, want to keep everything that, on. Though, really. That's it. So we've got now instead of going. Seven, six, and five. Yeah. We've got seven, six, and six. And then for our B minor, we're doing a slightly odd one. We're going to go four, seven, and seven. So it misses out the B note, but it gives us the F sharp twice. Yeah. And it also gives us the minor third, which is the D. Yeah, gotcha. Finally, for the D, very similar shape, 777. Seven, seven. 
Now, what this means is that if I'm playing any line... That upstroke means that it rings a bit as well, doesn't it? Because the... Because you're damping... Yeah, I guess, I guess you're moving yeah, your damping exactly. around a bit. That's yeah, quite cool. So if we want to play then a line that's quite fast in a picky way like that... It's a lot easier because my picking hand only has to learn it yeah. once. It doesn't have to relearn for everything else. I was doing something like this last night, actually. We, uh, we are scientists, you know. The, they've, I've they've, heard of them, yeah. They got a tune that was like, I've got a question about this, actually. Oh, well, far away. So, so this is the pattern. So it's triplets. The thumb is changing. Right, is yeah. that a Travis picking idea? Travis picking, I'm not so familiar with. That's, okay, that's right. one for Wikipedia, folks. Sorry, oh, no, I shall, I'll, I'll have a look. Yeah, well. I, I shall have a look. So the other cool thing about this is, you know, if you wanted the chords to sound very kind of close together, almost like the yeah, Eric yeah, Johnson yeah. thing, having them on the same three strings. They're almost like piano voicings, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the kind of voicings you would get on the piano where they're all, you keep it close together rather than moving things around. It's a different kind of a sound if that's your thing, and it's, it's quite a yeah. cool thing. It could work quite well over a track. So things to get from this, you know, simplify where you need to. Yep. Use scale patterns that you're familiar with, even if they're minor and major pentatonic, because they will be under your fingers already, hopefully. Yep. And put things, you know, in a neat order. Yeah. You know, like if I was doing the thing that you were doing before, where you're going from the A up to the F sharp, I'd have probably maybe not bothered with the full F sharp, possibly. Passing chord there. Is that? Ah, oh, right. So that, uh, minor. Ooh, that was uh, cheeky. So it was a B minor, and then I passed yeah. through an A, an A with a C sharp in the bass. So I went from uh, the B minor on the seventh fret, A with the C sharp in the bass, nine on the bottom string, seven on the D, nine on the E. You can, if you want, put an A on the tenth fret as well on the B string. D shape, if you like, yeah. See, I don't really like that. Yeah, okay. And that's that's one thing if you're struggling with the picking kind of yeah. thing, although you do want to work on it at home, some parts benefit quite a lot from using your fingers. I think a lot of it's right hand, isn't it? A lot of it is just... Being confident with your right hand sometimes. Knowing where the notes are, being confident with your right hand. Mm. Um, it so definitely helps, but don't always feel, and this is another good learning point, like you've got to play the full chord. Yeah. Jazz guitarists don't. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. frequently playing three-note chords. So when I went to the F-sharp minor, because it's a bit of a pig holding it down and trying to attack other notes, I've just got the two yeah. notes there. 
And even for the B minor, you can do almost like a three note version of that if you want three string. Right there. Yeah. So when you're looking at your bar chords, folks, don't feel you've got to play every note. Sometimes that can overload a tune a little bit, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, And it can be far better to kind of skinny things down a little bit. And also it can make things easier for you. Yeah. You know, in terms of fretting things, if you're adding extra notes. And again, that's going to boost your confidence levels. If you're yeah. in a full band, you know, if you're playing something on your own, you want those nice rich bass notes. But when you're with a full band, that's what the gorilla in the corner with a big guitars for all <laughs> the yeah, yeah, yeah. basses sorry <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's yeah. what bass players are for you know is to provide yeah, you with that low end notes, yeah and you know you don't necessarily need to give yourself all the frequencies that he's got yeah you know you caught you can stay higher up and still deliver great effects to the song and probably won't really greater. hear them anyway because of the mix you know, some of those basses. Sometimes you hear the bass notes, but they're not always necessary. And sometimes yeah. can actually kind of get in the way of other things. Yeah. You know, there's a few things in this life you want to stay out of the way from. Bass players. Bass players, <laughs> drummers. No, they're all good. Of course, of course. I'm not, I'm not biased. <laughs> but you, you want to kind of stay out of the way of vocals. Yeah. Because you are both taking kind of that mid-range frequency band. So you, you want to make sure that what you're playing isn't clashing with the vocalist. Just because it's in the same key doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work. Also, when the other guitar player, if there is another guitar player, is taking a solo, hmm. that's his turn in the spotlight. Peel it back. Yeah. Peel it back, brother. Peel it yeah. back. Right. Should we do some exciting stuff yeah, instead of all this mad and yeah. hey, clean nonsense? I really enjoyed this, though. It's really, it's really been helpful. So I'm glad. I hope uh, so. Carlos has given us a good idea here. He has. Well. Thanks, Carlos. Yeah. So I've got, you've given you a fair dollop of gain there, sir. Yep. There we go. How loud are we? You can hear it. So go. what we'll do now... Some gain there. We're going to try jamming a little bit over a jazz fusion track. Okay. And... Could give you some pointers if you need them. Yeah, okay. Want me to start or do you want to start? Just trying to work out the chords. So A minor, G. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, it's a bit of a so chance awesome. to blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so again, bit of fun, having a bit of a blast over the tunes. Yeah. Funny timing bit in the middle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, I've never heard this backing track before, so I mean... It's it not a bad track, though. It's pretty good. It's for pretty the cool. There are a whole range of groovy tracks. Yeah. So when it comes to fluidity, where do you think you were falling down there? Where are you all good? I think it was kind of getting my eye in, really. Okay. <laughs> I felt like, a, and maybe that's the different. Maybe that's the thing, isn't it? That Carlos and I are thinking about. You know, it takes you so long to kind of get your eye in that the tune's over by the time you've done it almost. So then you end up with a. You're then kind of going, oh yeah, so it's that shape there, it's that shape there, and and then you're in the right kind of place, and then you're starting to think about a few of the notes, but they're coming out slowly at you, and it's just a constant familiarization. Okay, so I'm going to hit you with a bit of a raw fact. Yep. Which is undeniable, really. Now, something I hear from people, usually the uninitiated, a lot. Yeah. And I kind of like, I can't be bothered to argue with them. Life's too short. Yep. But these people who, they like a particular player, it could be Eric Clapton, it could be Slash, it could be Joe Bonamassa, it could be Stevie Ray Vaughan. All great players. Without a doubt, pick your favourite. But they're so into that player. Like I used to work with the security guard who was so yeah, into yeah. John, Joe Bonamassa. It just turned me off to Joe Bonamassa, unfortunately. <laughs> but he's actually a very good player. Um, but he used to say it. Very irritating. Oh, I bet he could play if you want guitar. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's not the, quite true, is it? It's really? not. Yeah. Because we've all got our own feel. We've all got our own sort of way of doing things. He's certainly a very good sort of blues rock player, but I would argue that Gary Moore was more ferocious. Yeah, yeah. And especially in things like his, like Joe Bonamassa's picking technique, he's very, very good. But he struggled it, to play Gary Moore style stuff, wouldn't he? I, th- I think some of it could present him with the challenge, yes. Yeah. You know, um, and then you get some of John Petrucci's stuff where we have some really nasty stretches, Guthrie as well. Yeah. You know, some people just anatomically ain't cut out for that. Yeah. There's a very funny Stevie T video, actually, which where he talks about guitar licks with stretches. Have a look. It's quite amusing. <laughs> I'll show you it later. Um, so, you know, there, there's some, some things that, that some people do that others would struggle to do. You, you know, yeah. you could get a guy who's like real speed metal, you know, shredder and great at all that technique might not have the feel for a Stevie Ray Vaughan track. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've spoken to a lot of rock guitarists and they, they you know, who think sort of Nile Rogers is, you know, that, that, that guy obviously can't play very well. He can play a little bit of rhythm. It's like, right. You get up there and you do a three hour show and you keep things grooving and moving. Every type of guitar playing has its difficulty level. Yeah. I'm probably not particularly great at the modern metal stuff. I'm great at old school metal and hard rock and blues and stuff and the jazz yeah. fusion thing. But sort of the, the new school metal, I'd have to get into it. 
Yeah. And want to play like it and want to get into all that drop tuning stuff probably to be good at it. It took me quite a while to come around to getting into the country stuff. You're only as good as what you kind of put in in the first place. So, you know, if you're not listening to any country, you're not going to be a great country player, are you? Probably if you're not listening to it, absorbing it, trying out the licks. Yeah. Now, what I'm really coming down to, because I know it sounds like a convoluted story, but what I'm getting at is whatever you're good at at the time, you need to make what you're what you can do sound as good as possible. Now, often people don't hone yeah. what they've got already. Do you sit there trying to come up with licks? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So can you play me a lick that you've come up with? So I Let's guess hear it's it, Gary. Yeah, Let's have it both rock know. and roll barrels, uh, mate. Well, Yes, maybe. Oh, it's, it's this kind of... His brain is magically emptied of all yeah. the notes he was supposed to remember. <laughs> How does mine stay full? I don't know what was mine and what isn't at the moment. I can't think. Or play us a blues lick or a lick that you would use or you used over that track that you're quite happy with. Okay. So this kind of... This kind of like space between the things. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Add something to it. So that kind of. So what you could do there, for instance, to you know make it better and to add something to it, and this is sometimes Keep where we going a bit longer, maybe. Where or? we fall down is it's making it more precise. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More precise. Rhythmically, it's a little bit. It's there. It's a little... Or, you know... I want to hear every pull Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it... Now, sometimes when people refer to fluidity... Yes. And more so, maybe in this case, speed, I think part of their problem, forgive me if I'm wrong, but part of the problem... It's not they can't play at a certain pace. We're not talking shred here. We're just talking like maybe a lick like that. Yeah. But when they speed things up... or when the, tripping over. Yeah. Yeah. When the drummers had one Jack Daniels too many, <laughs> I'll start at this speed. That's 20 beats a minute faster than it was last Friday. <laughs> you yeah. know, we do a version of Comfortably Numb and we have our kind of harmony guitar solo bit at the end. And sometimes when that kicks in, some, on the odd occasion it's been my fault, but I've learned from my mistakes. But sometimes if, if our drummer Johnny is on one, yeah, he clicks it in at a fair crack. It's already supposed to be 150 beats a minute. There's this nasty string skip to arpeggios and tapping all played in harmony. And if he kicks it in kind of fast, it's a little bit, whoa, hold on to your knickers, boys. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> <We're> know, <in laughs> trouble. Might be easy for you to do, but... <laughs> and luckily, because we've played it so many times, we kind of, we know the pitfalls and we can roll yeah. with it. But you can't guarantee, because you can play this lick at X pace, that when you go out and play it with a live band, that they're going to always play it at the same pace and you're going to be able to pull it off. So yeah. ideally, you want to be playing at something that's not the ceiling of your technique all the time, but when you've got a little bit in reserve. Yeah. You know. Like headspace on the amp, I suppose, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to be maxing it out? Yeah. If it's running 6L6 tubes, probably not. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. Definitely. <laughs> no. EL34s, it's fine. 
So getting 41 that... 41-year-old fingers. <laughs> 45-year-old fingers. <laughs> so you... you... Yeah. So that's one little lick where you could... Yeah. See, that sounds better already to my ears. So you get... Right, Not okay, let's take key, that. Isn't it? That's actually out of key. It is. Because I did that during the thing as well, because it should be here. But let's go with the lick. It's your lick. You obviously use that over the blues more. Yes. Kind of a, a slashism. Okay. Or the, uh... Yeah. Yeah. And you probably replace that in a different... When we get a lick, rather than go ask for a lick, you know, try and make it. it as good as you can possibly make it. Stevie Ray Vaughan, for example, didn't really this play loads good, of notes, this right? This is a good little nugget. <laughs> I like it, yeah. You like it? Yeah, yeah. I need to sit down and do some of this, yeah. There's time. much more of that in this yeah. old dusty brain. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I had a long time to think about guitar playing. It's yeah. been a massive... When you think thing about in the my life. time I've been picking your brain for as well. And, and there's still some great lesson still left. There's loads left, yeah. Wiki, 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 it's wiki. Great. <laughs> <laughs> that is fun. Think of all the hundreds of people who've picked my brains over the years. Yeah, it's quite And quite poor terrifying. Chris. Poor Chris as Green has had his brain yeah, picked yeah. by many a pupil, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was watching Chris, if you're out there, I was watching your video on sweeping the other day. Very nice. Very good. Very clean, very clean. I can't sweep yeah. as clean as that. That the e music workshop thing, isn't it? I think so. With yeah. Rick Biarty, yeah. But yeah, sweep, very good. sweep picker, man. The boy's a master. Yeah, yeah. Sounds incredible. <laughs> I can, I can sweep it. It forced me to work on it harder. So thank you, Chris. Appreciate yeah. that. Anyway, where were we? We digress. So it's about taking what you know and sharpening it up. Now I'll give the Stevie Ray Vaughan example. Because he was such a loved modern blues player. And he could play things that are reasonably swift, but it's a different kind of speed, isn't it? As we've said before, to like, you know, the, the shredding thing. Yeah. And that's cool because that works in a lot of different places, probably more places than shredding the hell out of the guitar does. But he had his thing and he honed it down. So whether he's playing one note or 20, it sounds great. Yeah. That's his thing. So having your blues licks down so they sound as good as they can at numerous different tempos. Yeah. Have things so they sound great. Like you you did a little lick, was it? So slid up to the second yeah. position. Don't remember doing that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do your whatever you did. I I've got no oh, idea you what need I did. some volume there, mate. I'm trying to work it out. Right, there. Yeah, okay. Right, okay, so you... So you could sharpen up, for example, those pull-up. See what I mean? And you get a lot of that... Dancing around some of the major notes as well. 
And that sort of thing you bend there. Yeah. And that needs to somehow I mean I guess I'm doing a staccato thing there to make that like pop out. So that's much better. Do you see how the lick now has form? Yes, yeah. Before it's a little bit like okay, we lasagna. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no, really no, no, hungry. No, no. It's oh, meal analogies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever made a meal like lasagna, and like it sits on the side, <laughs> and you're really hungry, and you're sitting there with like the the frying oh, slice in no time, and you <laughs> think I'll, I've got to get a slice of this out, and the and the first one's just a complete abortion, isn't it? And you you kind yeah. of take the first slice out, and it just kind of goes <laughs> on the plate. Yeah. Tastes the same, but yeah. just kind of goes <laughs> on the plate, you know, like. What went wrong uh, there then? You know, my next door's yeah. dog's been fed your, your curry you had last night and it's just yacked all over your plate. <laughs> 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 Eat it back up again. Oh no. I didn't barge with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's already gone. <laughs> That's an image and a half. Ah! A few, few hundred people will be uh, walking. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, a, you've got a madras coming your way later, you? King Prawn. Oh, dear. Oh, okay. Try right. To eat, try to eat that without thinking. <laughs> Brilliant. So, you know, but the second slice is kind of like, yeah. you know, it stood for a bit. It's a whole damn sight more kind of appealing to look it's at than the form. first one. Yeah. Yeah. So it has got its body time, form. Maybe no. a bit of garnish, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Woo, body form. Anyway, <laughs> that's the one. Why did, why did the 80s, was it the 80s or the 90s? It was the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Whoa, body form. Body form for you. Yeah, why? You why? You can't. Why? You can't listen to that tune anymore without thinking of no. Thinking of the dodgy advert, can you really? Apparently, you can go sailing, or <laughs> ski. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You do whatever. Scuba diving. You can just, be an astronaut. <laughs> just get those liners. Yeah. Brilliant. Love all that. <laughs> anyway, what was the cause for? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's GC. Oh. So what I'm advocating here in terms of sort of helping. The confidence levels, yeah, really, and helping your playing sound more polished, more professional, yeah, is that you take the stuff you know and use your practice time to kind of get out there and and really sort of play the hell out of the thing and and work out some new stuff and you learn by your mistakes. But take the stuff you can already do, polish it, make it rhythmically sound tighter. And better by transcribing it, maybe. Possibly? I think it's it's how you play it. Yeah, you know, you can play a blues like this. <laughs> Believe me, I've heard people do it. Yeah, in all seriousness, or you can play it so that there's empathy. <laughs> essentially the same notes isn't it you know pretty much but it's how you do it it's that rhythmically tight thing and the emphasis in the right place so it's got a bit of meaning 
So instead of kind of bimbling through, oh, bimble, bimble. Which yeah. doesn't really sound like anything. Yep. You know, oh, that's wrong, gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. want it, have it, so <laughs> to you. Dad, there went up the hill to fetch a pile of chocolate. No, that wasn't. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a good analogy. Oh, bye, baby, on the broad of the top. <laughs> you want it so it's rhythmic. You know, so it's got a bit more meaning to it, you know? (laughs) So I'm going to say to Carlos, thank you so much for giving us a hilarious hour. Yes, Actually, thanks. it's been thanks very funny much. as. Yeah. But however, <laughs> um, thank you for giving us a really great topic to look at. And I hope we've we've helped you and many other people out there with yeah. the core thing and the lead thing. And as you see, it's it's not about the shredding so much. It's about that, that speed in terms of having confidence in your own playing. So you are going from one lick to another precisely. And when the speed gets turned up, your playing doesn't fall down like a house of cards. Right, yeah. You know, so that yeah. it, it maintains that rhythmic integrity. Yeah. And when you are looking for faster lines, certainly you can do that by organising yourself, just as I advocated with the rhythm stuff, yeah. to organise your notes on strings. Obviously, it may not be such a challenge to have even numbers of notes on strings, but when you're wanting to play faster lines with ease, whether it's legato, or you're picking every note, it's going to make life a little bit easier. So take something like a major scale and sequence it. So maybe you're looking at the string in pairs. All of a sudden you've got... Three notes per string, yeah. Yeah, and we're just putting everything in pairs. Cool. It's a whole bunch easier. If you just take all the stuff you know and try and play it fast, it's not going to sound good. It's, it's just not. Yeah. Highly unlikely. Yeah. Do you want a quick jam before we finish? Yeah, cool. Maybe we should summarise as well. For, oh. Because that was good, I think. Okay. So, in summary, we were looking at rhythm and playing a set of chords. Play them somewhere where you feel confident on the neck and where you've got the scale, the the minor pentatonic or the major pentatonic scale under your fingers so that you can play the fills around it. Making it easier for you, so you, you're putting things on, say, three strings, oh, so, such yeah. as your, your chord patterns. If you've got to pick an awkward pattern or something like that, so you're not crossing over strings. Make life easy for yourself to start with. Going in gently, if you're playing maybe a new song with a band in rehearsal or, or at an open mic night, go in gently, a little bit quiet, listen to what's going on, gradually gain your confidence. As you gain your confidence, you can turn your guitar up a little bit so you're yeah. more present in the mix. You know, you don't really want all of your mistakes to be heard all over the place, but you do want to pick up on what's going on. You'll gain confidence, your playing will become more fluid. Often, things snowball. When I was 17 and I had my first few driving lessons, my instructor said, you let things snowball. When you make a mistake, you're thinking about your last mistake, and while you're thinking about it, you make another one. Oh, yeah. And we all do it. We're all human. We're all fallible. And that's what happens to us until we gain the confidence to deal with it. I drive a car now. I don't think about it. 
and I don't make too many mistakes. Yeah. And the same is true with guitar playing. If we're thinking about the last cock-up we've made, you can't change that. That note's out in the open. It's been and gone. So we need to try and get on our horse and ride. Yeah. Some people even say, you know, you can tell a musician who's decent because they can kind of rescue themselves from things when they start to go pear-shaped. Yeah. Things gone wrong. They can salvage it. Have a trick bag and work out those those licks. That was the other thing, wasn't it? Yeah. The the licks to give your lick some form. Don't let your lick be a splodge. And work on what you're good at as well as what you're bad at. Because you can work on licks you already know and you can hone them down and make them sound really great. Yeah. Gary Moore, the man himself, the late great, said you're gonna make one note sound great. He said, if you can make one note sound great, you can make loads of notes sound great. If you're making one note sound rubbish, don't expect the rest of them to suddenly sound great because you're playing them at twice the speed. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much, Dan. Brilliant. No worries. Shall we have a quick jam? Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. Then it's curry time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 
Thank you. That's all right. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. (laughs) 